Hello everyone and welcome to this special episode of the Belgian Football Podcast. My name is Ben Jackson and as always I'll be your host and as always I am joined by Scott and Joris. Scott and Joris, how are you guys doing this evening? Hi guys, how are you? All good, all good. Very happy to have a special guest. It's been a while since we had a special episode, so always a pleasure. Yeah, no, definitely looking forward to this one. So on this special episode of the BFP, we are delighted to be joined by Carlos Avina. Uh, Carlos is Circular Bruges Technical Director. Carlos, thank you so much for joining us for this special episode. How are you doing this evening? Thank you, guys. Pleasure to be here. Everything is okay. Happy to be here. I must say that I was pretty surprised when you contacted me because it was it was strange that actually at the very first moment that I saw your message, I was actually listening to the to the podcast. So so happy to be here. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming. And yeah, we're really excited to chat with Carlos, and we hope that all you listeners are going to enjoy what he's got to say. Definitely interesting to get a bit more information on Circle Bruges. But beforehand, I kind of want to talk a little bit about yourself, Carlos. So I guess our first question is: How does a young man from Mexico end up as a technical technical director of Circle Bruges? Yeah, it, it it doesn't sound like like very common, but uh, it's been, it's been quite a, a, an exciting journey all the way since I started in football and, and uh, the way I arrived to Belgium. So to be honest, it was not something that I was looking for. Obviously, I was keen on working in Europe at some point, but that, it was not something that I was actively looking at the moment. To be honest, last year when I was still in Club America, I was very happy working there. I was enjoying the, the recent successes of the club. We were uh, going through a process of restructuring some different areas. I was, since the last two years, in charge of all the football operations. I was really enjoying it. And, you know, when you have, when you work for such a big club, over 35 million fans, the most successful club in the country and probably one of the of the best ones in Latin America, for sure, it's it's impossible to be to be happier than that. No, so I was I was really really uh, comfortable and really enjoying my job. And uh, one day, Paul Mitchell contacted me and asked me if I could be interested because he was looking for someone with my profile. I said that I was not not expecting that, but uh, but that of course that it sounded uh, really interesting. And when he started telling me about the the project and the existing synergy between Circle Bruges and AS Monaco, for sure, I got really interested. And now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, yeah, that's just really, really interesting. Since you've now come to Belgium and Europe, what was the key differences you've seen between working in Mexico for Club America and then working over here? There are a lot, to be honest. I don't really think that there's like a right way to do it. I think that it depends on different circumstances and on the context and the different environments that you find and the situation on, on each of the clubs. I would say that, for example, if we if we are talking about about football and about what happens on the pitch, probably there's more quality in Mexico, but definitely the physicality is 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 way higher in in Belgium, and that's really exciting because that definitely leads you to focus in some other aspects that are more related to performance. Definitely an an, an interesting learning for for me in terms of how to adapt. You know. The, the periodization that has to be followed by the, by the technical staff in order to, to really optimize the performance of the players, minimize the risk of injuries, try to be always, you know, at the, at the highest level of the physical output. And that's something that uh, currently is one of our, one of our main objectives and, uh, and that we're really pursuing, but we consider that is very important in Belgium. And that's actually something that makes Belgium such an attractive league to really enter Europe. No, I think that, uh, Especially lately, it has become Belgium has become uh, potentially one of the most trendy places to access Europe for players, and uh, it's definitely because that lets you 
you know, adapt uh, physically uh, to the to the European competition. So I would say that compared to Mexico, that's probably the biggest difference. Of course, in terms of, of infrastructure, staff, you know, it depends on each of the clubs. But I would say that that's the main, the main difference for sure. Yeah, what you said there about players coming and accessing Europe from here, like you see lots of young African players, young players from Latin America all over there, uh, Asia as well. Like we've seen lots of young Japanese players come through, New Zealand players and St. Trudon as well. Like it's definitely a development league in that sense. And it's like a, just a great league to kind of expose people. Talking a little bit more about your role as technical director, because... I'm sure many people who are listening won't really understand what the role of a technical director is. So could you kind of tell us a little bit more about what you do and kind of what if there is a typical day that you have? I'm sure there's no such thing as a typical day for you, but what's kind of like a more normal day, I guess? You're right. There is is definitely not such thing as a typical day. I would say that the best way to explain the role of a technical director is everything that is related to performance and trying to find a way to impact it in a positive way, either if it's through sports science recruitment, wellness, logistics, analysis, every single area that impacts directly performance is is a technical director in charge. So that's basically uh, my, my main responsibilities. I think there's a little bit of a misperception worldwide about that the technical director is only in charge of recruitment. I think recruitment is only one of the of the different areas that the technical director is, is trying to impact on a daily basis. For example, another really important is to become a, a real counterbalance for the head coach and also, you know, to, to, to give him support and to build kind of a real a culture of challenge between both that can help us to, you know, to always make the, the best decision, either if it's on the pitch or off the pitch. That kind of constant challenge and trustworthy relationship with the coach is very important in order to really uh, achieve the, the, the common goals of, of the organization. No? Some other things are, for example, the contractual situations that definitely leads you to have a really structured way of planning in the short, mid and long term, putting together processes always uh, planning ahead for the transfer window and not to be in the rush of trying to find the right solutions. No, I think that as a technical director, from a recruitment standpoint, you have to be open for the best, but expecting the worst because you never know what's going to happen and you definitely need to be prepared that whenever you think that, that you have finished and that everything is in the right place and that your team is looking really solid, there's something that will happen. Either if it's an injury, mm-hmm. or if it's a, a club putting an offer for one of your key players, there's always something that happens, so you definitely have to be prepared. And that's definitely part of the job. That's something that comes with the with the job description and it's something that definitely doesn't help to have a typical day. <laughs> yeah, no, when, I, when we wrote that question, I was like, I'm sure there's not a typical day. But no, it's definitely interesting to hear that kind of recruitment, like that you said, is one part of your kind of remit. There's so much more. How is it for you in terms of working with Eve, uh, Eve van der Hager, like, What's kind of your like separation? How much do you guys converse about recruitment and then other sort of things? Is it like a constant chat or is it more like he leaves that side to you guys and he focuses more on the coaching? No, it's a it's a daily it's a daily um, let's say a daily relationship that we are cultivating every every day and that you know it depends on a on a really trustworthy relationship on you know really trusting each other and uh, be completely transparent i think that you have to be direct with uh, your head coach and it's key that you build this kind of relationship as i mentioned before i'm trying to really encourage this kind of challenging culture and it's important to to keep challenging each other sometimes he will challenge me with some of the necessities he he feels uh, he has with the team and uh, sometimes i will be challenging him of what i 
I want to see in the pitch and what I think that we can improve. No, so that is something that really will help us to lead, to 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 get to a really continuous improvement in terms of how we work and uh, the performance that we're delivering on the pitch. No, I would say that you know since since the first uh, moment that we met each other, that was actually at the beginning of February. You know, it was a little bit of an instant good feeling that probably he was the right man for 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 the job and for the situation, which of course was not the most convenient last last season and mm-hmm. uh, you know since then we have we have built a really strong relationship as i said we have full trust in each other and whenever we have to have a tough conversation we're not afraid to having it because we know that it's on the benefit of the of the team no? yeah no definitely and he obviously he came in in february so some people may know some people might not and he kind of kept you guys in the league and stuff and had quite a successful last couple of months has it helped for you coming into European football and into Belgian football in particular to have someone like that as a head coach who's been in the Belgian league for so long knows the get like the league really well have you benefited from that kind of experience that he has 100% 100% I think that every single league in the world is very is very specific and counts counts with a certain uh, certain characteristics on its own and it takes for sure sometimes to get to know them and the Belgian league is not the exception and of course having someone with such a big experience uh, either as a player and as a coach definitely helps to have a better understanding of what works what doesn't work and together with the with a high level of support that we have in the whole organization either if it's here in Circuit Bruges or if they're based in, in Monaco it really makes like the, 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 the formula for, for success, no? That's really, really interesting. A kind of another, I guess, area where there can be difficult relationships is kind of between you and you obviously have to talk to player agents. How how is that is in terms of like managing those relationships? Can it be quite tricky, especially at transfer window time, kind of like speaking to a lot of agents and working out which ones are good to work with and which ones aren't? Yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's quite complicated in the end. I think that in this role, you become a little bit of a of a people manager because mm. in the end you're interacting with people from from every single corner of the world no and that makes it really interesting and and you know sometimes encounter with uh, some different uh, cultures or traditions for example when you're negotiating sometimes you you find some things that are common in a place and that you're probably not that familiar with so it's very important to have as much information about who's at the opposite side of the table in order to try to to find the the best deal for for your team, no, that in the end is is the one that you're protecting the interests and the, the one that, that that is a priority for you at a certain moment, no. So for sure, I think the agents play a really important uh, role in in modern football, even even more down more more now than ever, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's definitely key that we have a constant relationship in order to have as much information as possible. I would say that information is king, and definitely is something that I'm willing to have as much as possible in order to make the best decisions for for Circle Bruce. I guess you you've mentioned it already, and people who are in the know in Belgian football, obviously Circle and Monica have like a really strong relationship. How does that impact on kind of the your role in terms of I guess kind of on recruitment as well, because obviously. Obviously, the Monaco Academy isn't an area for you guys to access in terms of getting players in, but there's also you want to bring in other players that are kind of maybe more permanent to Circle Bruges. Like, how does that relationship kind of work for you? It's very active, to be honest. It's it's like if we were one team. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. that there's. I would say that probably the only difference between Circle Bruges and AS Monaco is probably that we play in a in a green kit with with black and they they play play in in red and white because we definitely mm. have the same strategy the same processes you know we have a high level of support several people in both organizations are are involved 
uh, full time in whatever is happening in both organizations. So definitely it's kind of, of one team, you know, it's uh, uh, we, we have a high level of support either internally and uh, externally with uh, with Monaco, either if it's in re recruitment, either if it's in performance or whatever is, is the topic, commercial part. Uh, everything from the business side, legal, everything is is, is shared by, by by the two clubs, and uh, you know that's that's definitely very interesting, and that's something that really uh, brings us a competitive advantage on and off the pitch. You know, because in the end, having the best practices and having access to have the highest uh, and the, the 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 biggest talents in every single area in the world, that definitely uh, gives you chances to be to be better and to definitely deliver better performances and and you know in the in the mid-long term for sure those uh, results will be tangible and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see them in the in the table since this is or not when you are out kind of profiling players recruiting players and stuff like that is kind of the relationship that you guys have with monaco is that attractive to young players do they is that spoken about in like kind of process of contracting and stuff like that that there is that the relationship's tight that you impress here you could move there like that sort of thing is there that those conversations going on yeah that's always part of the conversation and it's definitely something that helps us to attract high quality talent you know i think that one of the one of the of the best uh, signals is that in the end the teams that we're competing to bring uh, the latest signings that we have brought you know there were top teams in Belgium that were interested in them and we were competing with them to try to bring them. And in the end, the, the, the fact that they decide to come to Circle Bruges, of, of course, is influenced by the fact that, that Monaco is behind and that, that helped us a lot. In terms of, of player profiling, everything is based on our football philosophy and the way we want to play, the kind of performances that we need and uh, the kind of characteristics in each position that, that we're looking for. We are always uh, looking uh, not only to a short term about a player that can help us for six months or 12 months we're uh, we're talking always about uh, long-term long-term planning and long-term commitment everything is aligned with with as monaco and uh, and uh, yeah that's that that's the way that that, that we're working in terms of, of player profiling we, we're using a lot of a lot of data a lot of analytics a lot of video and uh, also you know we have a lot of resources because we have people we have scouts in in different regions across the world and that really uh, provides you a, a big pool of talent to choose the players that are coming to Circle Bruges. You know, in the end, what we're looking is that all the players that come to Circle Bruges have a potential future in Monaco. Of course, some, some mm -hmm. of them will make it, some of them won't. Some of them will be transferred to other clubs. Some, some others will probably stay at Circle Bruges. It depends, but at least there's something that needs to you know to 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 trigger that transfer and is for sure that we see something for them to be part of of monaco in the future there's definitely some young players that we've seen that you guys have brought in are definitely kind of in that mold one of those i'm looking at someone like Jesper darland who unfortunately obviously got that horrific injury in the derby but how excited are you watching him i know he's only played a couple of games but how quickly he's just adapted to the league and looks to be one of the better center backs definitely young centre-backs in the league. Unbelievable, yeah, for sure. You know, it, it was it was horrible to see the hit that he got at, uh, against Club Rouge. And, and of course, yeah. uh, we were we were terrified by seeing the images, but he's recovering well. And now he has rejoined the group and he's, uh, he's uh, as excited as, uh, as us to be on the pitch uh, next weekend. So that's that's very good news for us. And uh, yeah, for sure, we're excited. And, and, and you know, for... For Jesper, I think that sky's the limit. To be honest, he's a mm. player that has terrific potential, that is very mature. Since the first time that I spoke with him before coming here to Circle Bruges, I saw that he 
he he's a player that you know even though he's 21 years old he looks like 25 in the way he speaks the way he mm. thinks the way he expresses he's a leader he was captain already in IK start before coming here to Cirque Bruges and immediately he became a, a, a leader also in Cirque Bruges no so I would say that in pre-season you know it was very good that we that we signed him uh, since May because that gave us time and that that gave him some time to adapt to Belgian football. Mm. I must say that at the at the beginning of preseason he was a little bit struggling with the with especially with the with the tempo and with the intensity mm. of the league. But uh, with a with a proper preseason behind now you can tell since the first game that that he played at Birschkot he was he was totally dominant and he looked like yeah. the centre back that that has been playing for uh, Circle Bruges or at least in the Belgian league for several years. No, he's not the only exception. In the end, we have to build a new defense. Yeah. Uh, we, ha- we have to bring several players in the position in order to, to really uh, start from, from scratch, building a, def- a solid defensive unit that in the end, the last season, in the last nine games, we were the best defense in the league. So, of course, you know, it was not easy to do it, but definitely by bringing these kind of talents, for sure, we're closer to, to continue to have that kind of, of of strength in the in the back. No? It's good to hear that he's, yeah, he's coming back. And um, it's also good, kind of interesting to see, I think, was it Pavlovic, who you guys had last year, made his debut for Monaco this weekend and stuff like that. So he was fantastic for you at the back end. As we are an English language podcast, and I know there'll be plenty of kind of like Welsh listeners listening who will be really excited to hear you talk about Rabi Matondo. Can you tell us kind of more how that one came about? I know Yoris as a Genk fan was quite excited when he was rumoured to be kind of linked to them. Obviously, you guys got it over the line in the end. How excited are you about him as a signing? Because he just looks like a fantastic young player that is quite a big coup for you guys to get. Very excited. Definitely, he's he's a fantastic talent. He's he's a player with terrific potential. Uh, actually, not only for the future, I think he actually has a big present. And and you can tell by his his latest spell at Stoke City was pretty positive. He did well. And uh, I think, you know, he has... He has enough talent to be one of the best players of the league. No, so we're we're really excited to have him with us. He's very motivated. Unfortunately, he was he didn't do like a proper preseason mm. um, in, in the last weeks. So we're uh, we're putting him uh, into into the right shape. One of our goals as a team is to become the highest, the, the most physical team in the league. We we want to have always the highest physical outputs. So we want to take our, our time in order to put uh, Ravi in the right in the right shape in order to be able to perform and to catch up the team. So we don't want to rush because you know whenever you're trying to to, to rush uh, things, you have some risk to 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 catch an injury or something, and we don't want to 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 risk anything. We are taking our time, but definitely Ravi's. He's looking good at training. He has the right mentality. He knows that this year is very important for him because it's going to be potentially an inflection point for him, mm. you, know, you know, and uh, the idea is that it becomes one very positive and that, you know, that in the end, even though he's, he's on loan, we, we have an option and uh, hopefully that we that we decide to lift it at the end of the season and that he stay he stays for a while in, in Circle Bruce, no? Yeah, no, we're, def- we're definitely excited to see him play and um, it's good to hear that he's coming along nicely. I guess any Circle fans would probably be wondering what kind of, obviously we've only got a couple of weeks left of the transfer window, kind of how active the club's looking to be. Have you got plenty of targets you're trying to get over the line or are you quite happy with the squad as how it is now? No, I feel quite confident with the with the, with the current squad. Uh, we brought uh, eight different players compared to last season, which is, which is a lot. And in the end, we want to aim for some stability. Some of them are coming uh, on, a, on a permanent, some of them are coming on loan. 
the ones that are coming on loan are coming with an option. And uh, just to, for us to secure that, if we develop that talent, that we are able to secure them for the future. So in the end, it'll be our decision if we want to keep a player or not. And no, I think that the next two weeks, you know, as I was saying, you have to be open for the best, uh, but expecting the, the worst. And uh, we know that even though we are now confident with the with the team that we have, we don't expect too much movement in the next weeks. We're always open for for some nice opportunities that the market could provide. But I think that as of now, we have two or three players per position. We really have very talented players. Proof of that is that, you know, today I was receiving several invitations from national teams to recruit our players for the for the international break. And uh, no, to be honest, I think we have a, a really, really strong team that will help us to compete at the at, at a high level in every single game. There's some really, really exciting young players that you guys have got there that I'm sure listeners of the podcast will be looking forward to see. Last question from me, and then I'll hand it over to Scott and yours to ask anything they've got. But what's your kind of long-term vision for Circular as technical director? Yeah, so we've been working on that since, um, I think, I think it was probably April last last uh, in, we were still in last season that we started an, doing an exercise about what the strategy for Circle Group should be. You know, in the last years, I think we have been a team that have been struggling the bottom of the table, and we we're committed to change that. We have involved all the the, the most important stakeholders of Circle Group to really gather their opinions, their feelings about about the team about us as an organization and uh, what uh, what we need to do to, to in order to change this and to really uh, start competing at a higher level that is what uh, this this team deserves you know because we have we, we are in a fantastic location we have fantastic fans we have uh, you know we're the, the team of the city because actually for, for for all the people that is listening you know most of the of the fans uh, the football fans in Bruges support circle Bruges. So, so that's that's something really interesting, and that's something that really gives us some responsibility to to be always uh, performing at the top level. No, so in terms of of the vision that we have is to become a stable challenger for the playoffs in uh, in the in the coming next three years. And once we become that stable challenger, uh, we can start uh, aiming uh, aiming even higher. No, we we believe in in sustainable processes. We believe in trusting the process. And uh, we think that this is a, a, a long-term commitment. This is not just something that we want this season to, to be good and in the next ones, let's see what happens. No, mm. we want to be sustainable in the long term and we want to be always competing to, to be challenging the playoffs. No, so, so we need to secure that. We know that this takes time, but I think that there's, there are several things that have been uh, done well in the, in the last months. You know, we restructured the, the whole, the whole, technical staff. Uh, we have become the second uh, youngest mm-hmm. team in Europe in terms of minutes played uh, with under 23s. If you take into account uh, the five big uh, the five big plus Portugal, Netherlands and uh, and Belgium. So that's that's something really interesting that really help us with both things, no? with performance and development that are our main priorities at this point is it's about winning to develop and develop to win. No, yeah, that's really exciting. And um, I'm sure people listening will be really keen to kind of maybe get out to a game as well. I know we're definitely keen to get out to Bruges and watch a game. Scott and Joris, 
I'll hand over to you if you guys got any further questions uh, for Carlos that I haven't answered, asked yet. We've spoken about a few signings already, but which one are you in particular most excited about? I'm sure you're about excited about all of them because otherwise you would not have signed them. Yeah, we expect most of in the short term. That's a good question and it's a difficult one to, to answer because in the end, yeah, I'm, I'm, equally, I'm equally excited with all of them. I think that everyone... Uh, provides uh, different things to to the team. I think we have uh, signed some immediate performance, such as Waldo Rubio and Danguet, that are players that already have decent experience at the top level. You know, Senna played in Serie A, played in some big teams in Belgium. Waldo has played in La Liga with Valladolid over uh, 40 or 50 games in first division. And, you know, both are making an impact already. Unfortunately, Senna got and picked up an injury in the first game, but he's definitely someone that is going, going to have a very important role in the reminding of the season. And then we have, you know, we have two players coming from the second team of Monaco that we saw during our visit in May, where, um, where we went to watch some training, where actually our coaches uh, gave some, some training to, to, to the youngsters. And afterwards, we saw a game between themselves. And we ended up picking two, two, two youngsters that are really surprising everyone and that have almost played every single minute in these first four games that are Edgar Utkus and uh, Boris Popovich. So for sure, also two very exciting uh, signings. And then we have the talents, the talents such as Rabi Matondo, Alex Millan, David Sosa, that are really, really exciting talents for the future and that are players that are really coming to, to, to make a, an impact. And not to forget uh, Jesper Dallan that I've always spoke about. So we, we brought four talents from abroad that are really interesting that are long-term investments for 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 the for circle bruges and that are players that have potential to go to monaco and beyond no so i'm i'm equally excited on all those players i think i think it's going to be an interesting year they're all adapting well uh, some of them are still need to need to work and uh, to be fully fit in order to start uh, making an impact but i'm sure that we have a really, really strong team to compete this season. I was going to ask you, Carlos, about you touched earlier on on scouts, the scouting network, and I just wanted to ask you about you know how that process works works at Circle. Do do your team of scouts that you work with do they have a remit for specific geographical areas, and do they bring profile players you know for positions you've identified to you, or is it more fluid and open in that, and that they're bringing players to you you know who might not be readily profiled by you in terms of a position but somebody they think you should maybe look at and then is it narrowed down from there and then does that go from you to Vincent to to, to progress how, how does that process work I would say that it starts from you know profiling uh, the players that, that we need everyone that works in Circle Bruges or, and in Monaco know the kind of football that we want to play and based on that, then we start profiling the players that we need in each position to deliver that kind of performances that we're aiming to have and based on that, you know, all the scouts start watching some, some games from interesting teams uh, all over the world. We're not focusing in a specific location. And uh, that can be reflected by the, the, the strategy that we follow this, this transfer window where we brought players from, from Spain, from, uh, from Italy, from Brazil, from Norway. So, you know, from, from different parts of the world. And that's something that, that really... Uh, opens uh, opens yourself to be to be ready to 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 be you know more proactive in different parts and to to be able to reach uh, different and um, and more talented players. No, so uh, we're not we're not focused in a specific area. 
we're open for talents from different parts of the world. In the past, we recruited African players, we recruited Asian players. Now we we uh, recruited a, a couple of, of Latin uh, players. So you know, in the end, we're open, and it depends on the on the characteristics of a player, on the potential, and on what we need, the kind of player that we'll bring. And also, you know. Let's not forget that it, it not also depends on us. It also depends on the market conditions, which were really difficult, especially in this in this transfer window that was still heavily impacted by COVID. Even though things are starting to recover, football is still struggling, and that's something that we need to take into account. And that def- definitely doesn't make uh, our job uh, easier. Do you find as well that you know having having access, everybody's got access to so much data and analytics, and you know why Scout's such a wonderful tool now as well. That it's it's obviously it's easy to kind of track and follow a player over a period of time, and then when you get really excited and you feel like you're ready to to, to make some some progress and pursue somebody, then you can go out and see them in person before you you progress things. Is that is that generally how things might work? Yeah, yeah. I think everyone in every single club that is well prepared and that has a proper uh, football infrastructure have access to the same tools i think the ref- the difference is how how you use them and how you use those resources that are available for everyone and uh, we're doing it quite well you know we have we have people uh, we have analysts we have scouts that are highly talented and that are helping us to really make the difference with all those tools you no know, and to probably even uh, even reach those talents before some probably bigger teams appear and uh, and uh, once we're competing uh, you know as you were asking before i think uh, definitely the fact that we have a clear strategy and we have a defined project either individual for each of the players that are coming an organization operating as one team together with monaco and circle bruges that definitely makes a difference in the end and make us more attractive than some other teams. No? Yeah, that, so, so you spoke about COVID consequences. It also goes both ways. Is there any signing that you made that actually you thought what would probably not be possible without it? That's that's a very good point because, yeah, for sure, I think that the pandemic has brought us some, some, some general struggles for the whole industry, but also has uh, let us find some interesting opportunities, market opportunities that were available in the market. And yeah, I would say that there are a couple of signings that we that we've done this this summer transfer window that probably without COVID uh, wouldn't have been possible, or that at least facilitated because of the of the of the global financial context of either the clubs where uh, they are they were playing or or the the current necessities that they had. No, so definitely definitely that's something that that has impacted the world and. You have uh, nothing to do but just adapt and uh, and move on and, and try to you know to try to to make things as as good as possible. I guess just kind of one more question for me, slightly outside, because slightly connected to COVID and stuff. But how much have you enjoyed having the fans back in the stadium? Uh, do you think it helps kind of the players and the atmosphere? And are you looking forward to getting back to having the full stadium again of fans and kind of getting back to normal and having that kind of atmosphere at the Jan Bredel? Massively. Massively, I think that's something that I, that we all at Circle Bruce are really looking forward to, and uh, that's something that we definitely missed. I must say that you know at the beginning, the first game, it was a little bit strange uh, to, to to get used to to see people, and even some of the players were saying that they were not used to to be playing in front of big crowds anymore, and that it felt a little bit different. But definitely that motivates us a lot, and, and you know, in the end, football is for the fans. And they're the ones that make uh, everything that happens possible. So 
for sure we're really looking forward to continue to have fans again and have big uh, big crowds back at, in the stadiums because that's the biggest essence of football and that's something that really really makes this sport so special yeah absolutely and i think yeah it's so nice now to watch football with the fans in there again so i think that's pretty much all the questions we have for you carlos unless you've got anything else you want to say i guess there'll be circular fans listening if you've got any messages for them no just uh you know we're you know we're, we're building a a long-term project we have a long-term commitment with the organization and we really want to get things right of course it's going to be a process you know we're playing with a really young group of players and that's uh, that's definitely something exciting we're building a, a young and dynamic team and uh, we're we need we just need to trust the process because i think that the results will be delivered and we're going to be able to see uh, circle bruce in the place that it should be uh, in, in 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 a short period of time no i think that we have a clear strategy we know where we are and we know where we want to get and uh, and i'm sure that the results will come soon we have a strong team we have a, a strong um, a strong staff a strong technical staff and we have a high level of support from as monaco and we're building a high performance culture that is gonna let us let us get very very far since this is great thank you so much again for joining us on this episode and um i'm sure people are really going to enjoy listening to all the things that you said and we'll um yeah we'll have to get you back on again at some point to kind of chat some more about circle Bruges as the project goes along and kind of see where these young players that you've mentioned end up because it's definitely an exciting future so yeah thank you so much for coming on scott and yoris as always thank you for joining me on this episode it's been a pleasure yeah it has indeed it's been great it's been great to what a joy to have a chat with carlos as well fantastic yeah see you soon everybody thank you guys see you soon and congrats on the great job that you're doing thanks carlos and thank you everyone for listening uh we'll see you very soon on another episode of the belgian football podcast 